Russia flies a different flag now, but its song remains the same. The tune of the Russian Federation anthem is the old Soviet Union's, unchanged. And unchanged, too, is Russia's endless strategizing against the United States. Masha Gessen is a Russian-American journalist, author of a biography of Vladimir Putin called The Man Without a Face, The Unlikely Rise of Vladimir Putin. Her latest book is The Brothers, about the Boston Marathon bombers. She was overseas when I spoke with her. And nuclear arsenal aside, Russia is not the power it once was, but comments by Donald Trump and the WikiLeaks release of hacked Democratic Party documents has brought the relationship of the uneasy adversaries into sharper focus and brought more questions to the fore. Software analysts say that Russian intelligence or Russian intelligence-related somebodies hacked Democratic emails. What's going on? Well, Russia is a disruptive force on the world stage, and that's actually what it aims to be. Um, and I think this is this is where uh, a very important distinction comes in that people tend to miss. Uh, there's no doubt that various Russian intelligence services, and in this particular case, we're talking about two different intelligence services that apparently weren't aware of each other while they were hacking the Democratic uh, National Committee's emails. Russian intelligence services hack what they can and try uh, aim to create as much havoc both in Western Europe and in the United States, especially around election time. Now, that's a quite different from saying, as some people have said, oh, they're trying to throw the election to Trump. Uh, I don't think that's what's going on. It actually doesn't work out chronologically either. But they are trying to cause trouble. Would this hacking be meant to be directed at um, just destabilizing, just causing trouble? Or is there a goal, an outcome that they might have in mind? Well, that, that's the really important question. I don't think there's a goal or outcome that they have in mind. Uh, and there are several things that point in that direction. One is that Russia doesn't usually have a, uh, a goal or outcome in mind. Putin government and Putin himself are not known for creating strategy. What they are known for is creating havoc. The other thing is that if you look at the chronology of things, I mean, this, these, um, both of these actual hacking attacks uh, by the two different agencies occurred um, in 2015 long before. Uh, one, occur one occurred earlier, long before it was even clear that Trump had a shot at the nomination. I think the goal was very much just to create trouble, which is what Russia is known for. Now, the other thing is that, of course, uh, Putin hates Hillary Clinton. This is very personal for him. He has accused Hillary Clinton personally of having inspired and funded the protests in Russia in 2011-2012. So imagining that uh, Putin wants to do anything possible to prevent the election of Hillary Clinton, uh, that, uh, you know, that, 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 that is easy to imagine. How much of this is Putin aware of, do you think, or perhaps even sanctioned or directed? You know, Russia is not a well-run country, and even though it is structured as though it were perfectly centralized, in fact, it isn't. I mean, um, Putin is fairly isolated from a lot of his own government agencies. 
And the fact again that these two intelligence agencies that uh, uh, that carried out the two hacking attacks, the fact that they apparently, according to uh, American experts, weren't aware of each other, actually points away from the Kremlin and suggests that this wasn't personally ordered by Putin. But a lot of the way the Russian government works and Russian society works on a larger level has to do with sort of trying to do their best and then incurring favor by producing good results. So it very much looks to me like these two intelligence agencies were trying to carry out what they thought would be liked by the Kremlin, and then if they produce good results, uh, then that would um, that that would mean being in favor uh, with the Kremlin and and getting additional funding. So and that's a lot of the way Russian politics works. Uh, one bureaucrat I interviewed once uh, several years ago said, "We don't carry out orders; we carry out emanations. Emanations, uh, so these, you know, vague emanations. Yeah, the, uh, vague signals that point them in the direction in which they should be working." It's, so I think these two agencies were carrying out emanations. It sounds like now, government we by Ouija board. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that's, that's, that's the impression you get sometimes. But also, you know, we haven't also uh, mentioned Assange, uh, uh, Julian Assange, who, who made the ultimate decision about when he was going to release the, uh, the information that he'd gotten from the Russian intelligence agencies. We don't know that it was the Russians who decided to release this information just before the Democratic Convention. Uh, that actually looks like it was Assange's decision. Now, Assange is no great uh, fan of Hillary Clinton, uh, and Assange is also a disruptive force. Uh, and Assange uh, has ties, to, at least sort of functional ties to Russian intelligence, but he's not a Russian agent, and he's certainly not Putin's personal agent. He has been asked and has said he won't talk about whether there's any government hand behind these leaks, behind the information. Uh, right, but we don't need Assange to tell us that because we, uh, I mean, we have American, uh, top-level American cyber experts telling us that, yes, there is a Russian government hand. But Russian government hand doesn't mean Putin's hand. Would Putin be pleased or at least not unhappy with what he has been hearing lately from the Trump campaign? Putin, uh, given the choice, Putin would clearly prefer Trump to, to Hillary. Uh, there are some things that Putin would certainly like about Trump, including his statement about NATO, and including the fact, and this is probably even more important, that he clearly doesn't know what the hell is going on in Ukraine. I mean, the, 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 the short responses he was giving uh, to interviews over the weekend. Uh, when he made it clear that he had no idea that Russia has actually actually been waging war on Ukrainian territory for over two years. You know, I have my own ideas. He's not going into Ukraine, okay, just so you understand. He's not going to go into Ukraine. All right, you can mark it down, you can put it down, you can take it anywhere well, you want. he's already there, isn't he? Okay, well, he's there in a certain way, but I'm not there. You have Obama there. And frankly, that whole part of the world is a mess. Uh, that's nice for, for Putin. He, uh, he would much prefer to deal with an ignorant buffoon as, as an American president than he would with uh, a master strategist and a policy wonk uh, and a hawk like Hillary Clinton. I remember reading that when John F. Kennedy was elected, Khrushchev was thinking, here's a boy, here's a pushover. 
And certainly Kennedy did not fare well in some of the talks, the initial talks in his administration with the Soviet Union. The Berlin Wall went up nonetheless, but then there was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, Does the Kremlin then and now uh, assess these things strategically, the the leadership of the United States and the the mood and the the political um, direction of the United States? That is a really great question, Um, and and it really goes to the heart of things. So uh, we, you know, we, we, we try to make sense of the way the Kremlin acts. Uh, by imagining that it functions very much like the American government, um, which isn't perfect, but which has a bit of a longer-term view. And um, it's not true of the Kremlin. Uh, I, th- I think if, you know, what, what, what you're getting at, and this is very accurate, is that um, the, the benefit of having somebody who's ignorant and, um, uh, and doesn't have a set uh, anti-Putin opinion become American president, that benefit is very short-lived. I can't imagine a Trump-Putin friendship that lasts more than a few months. In fact, I think that's the real danger of, uh, or one of the really huge dangers of seeing uh, Trump become, God forbid, president of the United States, is that there will not be a long-lasting friendship, and we will be on the brink of nuclear war because we will have two unpredictable, irresponsible, um, non-strategic leaders in charge of uh, the world's largest nuclear arsenals on both sides. Should we wait for the other shoe to drop, that there will be emails forthcoming from the Republicans or from the Trump campaign? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, I think there are, there are a lot of variables at play. I don't have any information about whether they've hacked Republican emails. Um, uh, there's also the variable of the of the intermediary. Right? We haven't seen Russians actually release any of these emails directly. So would someone like Julian Assange again be interested in releasing those emails if that happened, or you know, or anonymous, or some other agent of of uh, of information dumping? Um, would they have any interest in it? And finally, how disruptive would releasing uh, Republican National Committee's emails uh, be? You know, it's, it's, it's hard to predict these things, but I don't see that it, at this point it would have much disruptive value. Yeah, what would be likely to, 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 to find out that uh, the Republicans were terrified of seeing Trump become uh, the, the candidate? Well, we know that. That's not going to, have to, to pack any sort of punch. If in a broader level, if you're asking, uh, you know, should we expect more disruption from Russia uh, during this election, then yes, by all means, we should expect more disruption from Russia. If to the satisfaction of the U.S. government, it were found that the Russian government indeed was behind these hacks and these leaks, does, uh, is, is there any risk to Russia of doing this? What possible retaliation could be constructed? I mean, Russia is like the, it's the playboy hooligan. Uh, which is one of Russians' favorite favorite words uh, for, for disrupting uh, uh, social order. It's not afraid of reprimand. It's not afraid of becoming a, a pariah on the world stage. It already is. Uh, what 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 would the United States do back to Russia? Hack its emails and find out that they don't really talk about anything and there's no policy discussion in that country whatsoever, which is what we would likely find out. I. 
I think that the Western world uh, is largely helpless in the face of people who seek to do nothing but create havoc and disrupt things. And that is accurate, I think, an accurate description of both uh, Putin and Trump. I was thinking that even 25 or 30 years ago, the very idea that of, of uh, then the Soviet Union would have hacked into and tried to perhaps disrupt a presidential campaign would have this country, the United States, in an uproar. And it doesn't seem to have happened. Do you have any sense of why that's the case? Yeah, so I think I think the part of it is that, you know, we don't actually feel like the United States is in a Cold War, in a, in a confrontation with Russia. I think that Russia is perceived accurately as a huge nuisance, if you could, which I know is a little oxymoronic, but I think that's it's accurate in this, in this case. Um, except that, of course, you know, it, it's got nukes. Uh, but unlike 30 years ago, we're not obsessed with nukes. Somehow we think that it's unthinkable that nuclear weapons would be used. Uh, which I think is, is short-sighted and inaccurate. So we're, th you know, we think that's the worst they can do is uh, is hack some emails. I think another thing is uh, probably, and this has to do just with the United States, uh, is a general distaste for the American political establishment, which is very different than um, than the way Americans felt 25, 30 years ago when they owned their establishment. I think at this point they're alienated from it, and the fact that uh, somebody hacked into the establishment, which is how it's perceived, you know, that doesn't cause out outrage. Well, Masha Gessens, Pasiva Bolshoi, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Todd G. Levin. The music is the Russian Federation anthem sung by Moscow Stratensky Monastery Choir at the Sochi Olympics. The Donald Trump clip is from ABC News This Week program. I am Pat Morrison. Pat Morrison.